from the Australian Taxpayers Alliance, this is Taxed and Wasted, a podcast about tax, regulation, and waste. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. Welcome back to Taxed and Wasted. Today is going to be a bit of a shorter episode as we don't have a guest after the news review. But it has been somewhat of an interesting week, and we're going to go through the stories that we thought were the most interesting from the point of view of tax, regulation, and waste. The first thing is the ATA condemned the fact that the Senate Economics Committee recommended that the restrictions on the use of cash bail be passed. The fact that someone could face jail time for using legal tender to go about their business and transact in an absolutely consensual way with other Australians is egregious. There's really no good excuse for this bill other than wanting to help friends in the banking industry. Really, this is a corporatist bill that simply hands over loads of customers to the big four banks. Of course, uh, evidence shows that there really would be no impact on the ability of black market uh, players to transact with each other. They're already functioning outside of the legal system in order to wash their cash, launder their cash rather, in order to do their illegal, illicit business. But somehow now, the great solution to all of this, to the government's inability to crack down on this, is to uh, impose severe penalties on everyday Australians who choose to transact without giving their business to a big, to one of the big four banks. So really bad stuff, uh, terrible, terrible recommendation by the Senate Economics Committee. Uh, we can only hope and pray that this is not a bill that passes. We're going to move now to talk about the... Um, pardon me, the cash rate, the RBA has cut it to a record low of 0.5%. So the Reserve Bank of Australia has lowered it to this level, citing the economic impact of the coronavirus on the Australian economy. And as a preemptive step, they want to make sure that the cash rate is low and that that basically gives uh, some stimulus to the economy. Okay. We should wonder, regardless of what you think of measures such as these to counteract uh, potential economic problems, why Australia is so dependent on other nations for its economic well-being. Sure, all nations should have free trade. A, A nation and its consumers do well when they can import better quality, cheaper products from other nations. It's, uh, it's pretty standard. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we can have absolutely no production domestically. It shouldn't be the case that something that happens to another country completely shuts down the ability of Australians to get their products. Sure, it's great that we have Wish uh, selling us products at $1.50, that would cost us, I don't know, 
a lot more in Australia from a, from a, an Australian producer. I suppose that's good from a consumer point of view. But if we're dependent on one country, if we're dependent fully on China's uh, production line to get our products, that means that anything that happens to China then has an effect on us. We're not self-sufficient. So this is obviously part of a larger story. The fact that we have to cut the cash rate to 0.5% is just, it just shows how vulnerable Australia is and how privy we are to the issues abroad and how it really is a good idea to have a little bit more production here in Australia. You know, the Australian Taxpayers Alliance, obviously, we're small government and pro-trade, but uh, it's not necessarily great when uh, production line issues in a foreign country can bring us to a standstill the way that this will. Let's move on now to the infamous sports rorts saga. So obviously, we've, uh, we've, been, uh, we've been discussing this for a while. Uh, sports rorts are essentially the issue that uh, Bridget McKenzie has been at the center of it, but it seems to be the case that a lot of politicians have been using the sports grants that they have at their disposal to benefit them politically. This is part of a program where you try to keep community centers or sports clubs that are important for community building uh, alive, despite many maybe not being fiscally viable on their own. Of course, we've seen this uh, these grants going instead to yacht clubs, uh, ritzy shooting clubs, golf clubs, uh, places that don't really need money, but that happen to be located in marginal seats for the uh, party who allocates those funds or the, uh, the party official that allocates those funds. And here's what we have to wonder. There's definitely something to say about keeping community-building institutions alive even if they're not financially viable. If there is a rural sports group uh, that is really a place where young people uh, go to meet each other and to and to uh, create good relationships with each other and adults make friends uh, as they go and watch the footy, all that stuff, you know, there's something to say about keeping that alive. But we also have to wonder why it is that we, as Australians, seem to think that it's okay to give government money to uh, company to uh, organizations that are perfectly financially viable simply because they're somehow affiliated to sports. Sure, I suppose that there are some yacht-based sports, but why would it even qualify? Why would a yacht club even qualify to receive government grants? It's incredible. It's really, it's really ridiculous. So obviously, this uh, this seems to be uh, labor is is uh, pushing back on this heavily. We support we support uh, more information on on the sports routes, of course, but uh, we do have to ask: at what point, to to what degree, should we be funding institutions such as these? And if we must, for community uh, building, if we must fund these, shouldn't we have in place? very, very stringent regulations as to who can receive this money. Lastly, uh, this is a story that, uh, this is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's angering, but it's hilarious. So 
a coffee cart in Australian in Australia's Parliament House has been upgraded, remodeled. And you'd wonder, okay, how much would that set us back? How much how much uh, taxpayer money would be allocated to upgrading a small coffee cart in Australia's Parliament House? Well, to answer your question, it costs just under $400,000. $400,000 for a coffee cart upgrade. This had me thinking, well, this, is, this is, was my initial reaction. I'm sure it was a lot of people's initial reaction. That it's outrageous that the APH, that government officials, would use that much of our money to give themselves a beautiful, ritzy, high-end coffee cart. That, w- that was my initial reaction. You know, they're, they're, they're using our money simply to give themselves a little bit more glamour and to, to feel like they're in a, in a nicer place when they go and get their morning coffee. And then our executive director sent us a picture of this coffee cart that had just been upgraded for the small price tag of $400,000. You would not think that that cart cost $400,000 altogether. It seems more like a kiosk in Australian's Parliament House. And I, I encourage you to go onto our Facebook page. We've uploaded a picture of the, of the kiosk, of the, of the cart, I suppose they're calling it. It's terrible. It's, it's, it does not look like anything that you would have invested a, a huge amount of money in. And somehow we ended up paying $400,000 for it. And there's a couple of things here. First is how, uh, who's overseeing uh, this allocation. I mean, this seems like such a frivolous, terrible uh, spending of money. Even if you can make the argument that the APH needs to upgrade its coffee cart, okay, for $400,000, let alone for this result? This reminds me of, uh, <laughs> this reminds me of uh, uh, an MP that got in trouble sometime back because her travel expenses were shown to be just egregiously high. Just food and and uh, lodging that were just ridiculously high. Uh, hotel rooms that were thousands and thousands of dollars a night. Very nice restaurants. And so her her supposed business trip or you know business of a parliament uh, trip cost us huge amounts of money. I'm not exactly remembering the figure or the name of the of the MP, but this definitely happened, and people were rightly outraged. You know, I I, I was somewhat upset when I heard about that. But then imagine that you hear that this MP spent all of this money, just huge amounts of money, to take this trip. And then you realize that she stayed at a, an extended stay or at a hostel, some, some, you know, not great place, ate at Red Rooster every night, and managed to spend that money. This is how I feel a little bit. It's like, if you're going to misappropriate my funds, if you're going to take my money from me by force and spend it in this frivolous, terrible way, can you at least do something good with it? If you, if you insist on spending $400,000 on your coffee cart, uh, not fine, but I guess I can't stop you. But can you at least give us the dignity of misappropriating it well, creating something nice with our money that you took for us, from us by force? So uh, that's, uh, that's this week's 
news. Thank you for joining us and tune in next week when uh, we'll hopefully have a guest. I'll see you next week.